Here we are, born to be kings, as we, the princes of the universe, are here to talk about a film that can be simultaneously described as one of the worst movies ever, and yet one of the best fucking movies ever fucking made. So grab your katana, or your broadsword, or whatever the hell you want, because we're talking about Highlander, this week on Nothing Good. <laughs> Sorry, folks. I didn't mean to laugh instantaneously after the did, did intro. Did you stretch before that? My God. He just did. I'm, I'm born screaming about it this guy. Sure. Oh Listen, God. today is a really special day. It is not just because we're talking about Highlander. Today is really special because the four of us are in the same place at the same time talking about the exact same thing. Mm. The no, no virtual, no Zoom, no Google Meets, no, none, 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 none of that. None of it. The f this is the first time, though. The four of us That's are the same, at the same time to yeah. record. It's been Hell combinations. Yeah. Pockets. But yeah. 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 It so took over 40 episodes to get here. <laughs> yeah. But I'm really excited to be here with you guys and talk about one of my... I wouldn't say it's one of my favorite movies, but it's a guilty pleasure movie of mine. Oh, for sure. And oh, revisiting yeah. it yeah. has reaffirmed that. Yeah. Uh, but before we get to that, how are you guys doing? Mac, let's start with you. I know you've been a little rough lately. Well, you know, guys, it's it's been a... It's been a, a rough three months at the at the McDonald household. Yeah. Uh, at Clan McDonald, right? Uh, so um, I uh, during this past week, everybody, I came down with the stomach flu. So I've officially checked mm. off every box this winter. You've got every major illness. I've you gotten can. every major one, yeah. right? You know, the herpes cleared right up, and uh, that's good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, we're that. all relieved on that one. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, so um, was able was able to eat. Like a regular lunch today. Nice. So got some got some scrambled eggs, some toast, some fruit. You're describing breakfast though. Uh, yeah, it's more, more of a brunch. More of a brunch. Ah, when I ordered it, it was breakfast it. time. When I picked it up and ate it, it was lunchtime. So, uh, but yeah, so trying to keep uh, trying to keep it light for the stomach. Uh, I will say uh, it is not the most. Um, it's not the best way to lose weight, but it's damn efficient. Mm. So. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, feeling feeling a lot better here today. It's good to kind of be, you know, outside again. Yes. Yeah. Well, we're glad you're back at it. Thanks, man. Mm -hmm. Thanks, guys. Mm -hmm. Appreciate it. Welcome back. It's it is super cool to actually be here, and it's weird to make eye contact with everybody. <laughs> yeah, that's so look around. Yeah, that's I, I feel like because looking at the notes, and it's really easy to get like you're paying attention when we're yeah, doing this virtually. But we're all full on distracted. Yeah. I have a computer screen in front of you, and mm -hmm. my notes are there, and then supplementary. Like as somebody mentions a random cereal, I'm googling it so I can pull <laughs> yeah. it up and look at it. Like, oh yeah. But we're here. We're here in person doing doing this thing. There's As a, they say in Highlander, this is the gathering. This is, this the, is, gather. the, this gathering. is the gathering. This is the gathering. There's only a few so of us left. Now. It's exciting <laughs> that we're back at it. There's gonna in be person, a, live and in person. There's gonna be a little bit more turning of the head mm -hmm. than I was used to before. Mm -hmm. You know, sure. it was just shifting of eyes before. <laughs> yeah, spoiled just yeah. being able to sit back and 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 kind of space out as somebody babbled. I'm, yeah. I'm still waiting at some point for my dog to kind of burst through Jeff's garage door <laughs> <laughs> and just come in. It's possible. I, you know, like I'm sure I could probably end up yelling "fuck" loud enough to where my wife will still text me and be like, "What are you doing? We have a toddler." 
quit yelling that. <laughs> Did you really need to yell horse semen that loud? Yes. 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 Yeah. Yes. It's, it's for a, effect. It's for time and a place for it. Why do you think Denmark's listening so much? Yeah, way to go. And <laughs> France, too. You know, yeah. I just want to say real fast, before we get into like our normal thing, I just wanted to say hello to our new and old listeners. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Hello to our wonderful European, but specifically to the French that have been joining us in droves. I have to once again say, oh, it's good to have you back. <laughs> It's always good to have them back. <laughs> it is. Uh, mm, it so is. what are you guys drinking this fine day for well, this episode? I'll start off because it's courtesy. Doc, so inside baseball, yeah. uh, I brought the audio equipment for today's recording, but I uh, forgot to bring beer. And so uh, thankfully, Doc covered me on this one. And I'm drinking a Bellhaven Brewery Scottish Ale because mm. I'm mm. talking about the Highlander. That's right. Uh, it's rich. Nutty and smooth, like all of us. <laughs> and it's good. It's really good. It's got a good body on it. Uh, 5.2% comes in 11.2 fluid ounces here in the United States. Or for our French listeners, 330 milliliters. I thought you were going to say 350 ha-ha's. You know what? If we ever cover something from France that's even more French than Christopher Lambier, which we'll cover in here in a minute, uh, I will do what I did with the Clerks intro. But instead of counting dicks, I'm just, ha, 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 I can get it going. It's like, it feels natural. But it's good. It's Ronin's good. in France, isn't it? Isn't that like most of that movie in France? Oh, yeah. The De Niro yeah. movie, yeah. Yeah. So, you can talk, possibly put Ronin on the list mm-hmm. or uh, maybe the uh, the professional, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, and then you can just, just, ha, ha, <laughs> to, your, to your heart's content. To your so heart's good. Content. And France will turn off in droves. Uh, how about you, Jafar? What do you have? I am uh, drinking a beer courtesy of Jones uh, from the UK. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Eagle Brewing Banana Bread Beer. And for a beer that is designed to taste like banana bread, it hits the nail on the head. I was good. told at the yeah. store that this was yeah. like the jam, and I said, I'm yeah. picking it Can up. I get a whiff of it? I have had that beer, and it is quite good. I was very, it, I just kind of randomly grabbed it at the six pack store. Yeah. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. Banana bread, I'll bite. Um, very, very impressed with actually how much I liked it. Good, good yeah. stuff. Doc, what are you drinking? Uh, I am and, and just kind of like I went to the store and I and I said to the guy, I said, "Well, look, look I, I'm recording a show. I need some themed beers. Point me in the right direction of the Scottish ales and the and the British ales." Uh, and he, you know, he pointed this one as the first one he said before he mentioned the the one that you're drinking, Noah. Uh, it is uh, the Orkney Brewery Skull Splitter, and this is this is me tipping my hat. To the Kurgans, even though they're technically from the steps, but whatever. Right. Uh, this is, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's says 5,000 years in the making. Um, there's a, a name of a town I can't pronounce. I'm not going to try to, so I'll ruin it. It's 8.5% uh, alcohol. Nice. Um, and it is really fucking good. I'm really enjoying it. Matt. Skull splitter. Nice. Beautiful. Back, what are you drinking? Well, gentlemen, I am drinking uh, a 16.9 fluid ounce, uh, 500 milliliter uh, bottle of essential everyday natural spring water. Nice. Yes. Heavy shit. Uh, it is. It is. Uh, it's it's crisp. It's refreshing. Uh, it's restaurant quality. Restaurant quality. It is. It's restaurant uh, but are we, quality. Are we talking so. about Red Lobster quality, or are we talking like you know somewhere in Mount Washington quality? Uh, no, we're Cheddar Bay biscuits. Okay. Yeah, we're 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 full on Cheddar Bay biscuits. Cheddar, <laughs> full on Cheddar Bay biscuits okay. there, which are responsibly sourced, by the way. They are. For, you know, you don't you don't want to deplete all the biscuits in Cheddar no, Bay. No, you can't. You have to make sure, sure there's some for future generations. Yeah. 
my stomach is nowhere close to being at a point that I should be drinking anything. So uh, this is going to hit the spot it's for today. It's good to stay hydrated. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to stay hydrated. So Highlander, 1986, released uh, March 7th, 1986. No way. Uh, so I was three years old when this movie came out. Beautiful. I know, I feel, I couldn't tell you what age I was exactly when I saw it for the first time, but it was like in the preteen stage of my hmm. life. It was like, I maybe my dad rented it on VHS. I'm not 100% sure, but it changed me. And, I, and, and I'm going to spoil alert this shit. Anybody who knows me well, really well, knows my affinity towards blades, towards swords, towards yes. ornamental knives and decorative knives. It is actually from this movie. Yep. It's, that's the impact this movie that's has had started. on me. Is just nice. the sword play and like the the, the katana and mm. and it's just like my obsession with the idea of like having a badass blade. You know, whether it's in a cane or it's a scorpion dagger, yeah. or throwing knives. It's 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 honestly all from Highlander. It's just really cool. Highlander's. Uh, one of those things that you don't realize how much it influences you uh-huh. uh, and your young adult into full-on adultness until you go back and watch it like we did. You're like, oh, shit, that's where I got that from. <laughs> that's where I got that, that, that affinity from. Yeah, no, I uh, I actually remember the first time I ever saw Highlander. Uh, so I was less than a year old when this movie came out. Uh, but I can tell it immediately changed my life because, uh, because I mean, it's about swords and titties and lightning and all that other stuff. So, but less, spoiler alert too, way less titties than I remember there being. Way less titties. I remember there being more titties in this movie. But see, for the age that we were when we watched it for the first time, that was so much titty. So, I saw this, I rented this because I wanted to see Highlander 3 when it came out with Mario Van Peebles, right? Mm. Because that was, was, and I I distinctly remember seeing the trailers for this movie and wanted to see it, and I'm like, it's Highlander 3. And I didn't care to see the original. It it wasn't important to me. It looked cool, and my dad's like, you gotta see the first one. The first one's awesome. And I'm like, okay. So I was eight years old uh, and watched Highlander uh, in my grandparents' house because they weren't home. And, oh, fuck yes. Uh Yes, and still to this day, uh, it is a wonderfully awful cinematic masterpiece mm-hmm. oh, yeah. that is that is probably the best way to describe mm-hmm. uh the 108 minutes that i got to spend <laughs> re-watching this movie <laughs> in my adulthood yeah it's it's an experience i was five when the movie came out ah. uh i don't remember seeing it as a kid i think i was a teenager when i saw it the first time and i think we just randomly caught it on tv so there mm-hmm. were no titties uh, that's that a particular you didn't version. see the true oh, Highlander. Yeah. I don't think it was. Uh, More like a low. It was a young adult <laughs> low that I very much uh, a Midlander. saw the titty version of Highlander. Uh, not great, but not terrible. Listen, before oh, hold on, before we get to you, Mac, I, I just want to point: we keep calling this movie bad, but man, the sequel reaches oh, the no. levels. That was oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I want to cover that at the end. All right, I want to save all talk about Highlander specifically. The quickening. Highlander two and four. All right, I want to save thoughts about those to the end because um, I watched this tonight. With, uh, when we, not tonight, but when we watched this with my wife, who had never seen it before, and you watched Same. it, right? Yeah. Did you watch it with Stephanie? No. Okay, so you watched it by yourself. I did watch it by myself. And did yeah. you watch it by yourself? Uh, no, my wife was with me. Although she was after she got done heckling the movie <laughs> uh, for the first thirty minutes, then she completely tuned out. Tuned out of doing it. something right. else. So I watched this, and I when we get to the end, I want to talk to you about me trying to describe. I said, like, I'm going to give you two premises to the sequel of this movie, and you have to guess which one is the actual premise <laughs> to the Highlander sequel. And she thought I was lying to her. She thought I was lying to her until I showed her the preview, the trailer for, for Highlander 2. Uh, but yes, so it is, though. You can't take it away. That it is 
not a great movie, like, technically. It's like saying Hulk Hogan was not a great technical wrestler, right? <laughs> right. But it doesn't matter because when he wanted to back in the day, he could get fucking over and be awesome, right? Right. Uh, same thing about the Highlander. Despite the fact that it is in so many ways terrible, it is in that many ways fucking incredible. And I will not let someone disrespect the good goddamn name of Highlander. That's right. right. Agreed. Agreed. No. So, Mac, when were you, where were you at on this? So, I was probably, and this was definitely a movie I watched with my older brother. Uh, mm. and I was probably, I think the first time I saw it, I was around probably eight or nine. And I think the last time that I saw it before the rewatch was probably around, and I'm going to kind of tip my hat forward a little bit to one of our upcoming episodes, uh, the golden eye era mm. when my buddies and I in, in middle school and early high school would get together and, and have like just golden eye nights where we just sit there and play games all night long. And then we'd occasionally toss a movie in there. And I think the last time I saw this before watching it again as an adult uh, was when I was probably, I want to say like 14 or 15. Mm. So um, I had a whole lot of feelings watching it again <laughs> today. Taking you back. And I did. I remember it differently. Mm. Yeah. 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 I do. Definitely. I do. It's like your brain. It's, and I said, this it's like puts certain parts of this movie on a pedestal. You know what I mean? Like that, and it's, it's, they still can't be touched. But maybe that pedestal is a little bit more aged. In oh, fact, well, it and is. it's for some reason wearing a trench coat over a leather jacket with the bluest <laughs> blue jeans and perfect white sneakers. Yeah. at the same time, it's oh, like so the 80s. old man New Balance white shoes. I, <laughs> I, I I marked so hard for the old man New Balance shoes when I saw them. Um, my my theory about Highlander and White's changed for me is this. From the time that Highlander came out, and when I watched it several times to now, something came out in between called Braveheart. Yeah. And that changed a lot of shit <laughs> for the <laughs> Scottish Highland movie, right? <laughs> so, um, as I'm watching some of the things, I'm like, oh, yeah, so uh, Braveheart, did, oh, that's the guy from Braveheart. He's actually in Braveheart. You know, so, there's a there's a lot of those little things that kind of pop up there. And I was like, oh, that's that's probably why I think this movie differently than, yeah. than back Braveheart in the day. did it way better. Braveheart did it so yeah. much better. I mean, here's the thing about the comparison. There's that there are only two actually Scottish people in this movie about a Scottish person. And only one of them plays a Scottish person. I could not believe that. Yeah, and it, and that's the one guy that's in Braveheart as well. So it's a it's it's a good it's a good crossover. I had forgotten that part of the movie, and I actually thought it was a joke. Like I thought he was going to pull the hat off and everything, and he's like, ah, oh, just kidding, ha ha ha. And no, no, he just fucking went for it. <laughs> so hard, so hard. But speaking of so hard, so uh, speaking of so hard, speaking what? of so hard, uh, and it's a weird transition. I'm gonna try to make it make sense. <laughs> yeah. So Wait, the how, movie how hard. Real hard. So oh, hard. man. Like, I gotta put a Pittsburgh guys like real hard. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah don't do that. As you keep do so I wanna point out here too, just real quick, um, Noah has used at least four different accents since we started recording this podcast. And that is still seven different accents less than Christopher Lambier uses in this fucking movie. Oh Alright, if we're just gonna get to it, I gotta I gotta say it. So I have this in my notes. One of the only things that I kept trying to tell my wife about this movie. She's like, do I have to watch this with you? I'm like, yes. I don't ever make you watch any of the fucking wrestling shows that we review or listen to the albums that we review or play any of the video games that we review. But this movie you need to fucking watch, A, because you've never seen it and you need to live. Like, you mm -hmm. need to dial it up. But two, because if I told you that there's a movie that you have a Frenchman who plays a Scotsman with an undefinable accent <laughs> and then he's joined 
in this movie by an actual Scotsman who's playing in an Egyptian, pretending Egyptian. to be a Spaniard while still doing the <laughs> Scottish accent. You would think I'm fucking lying to you. But it's not. It's true. And, but you watch it and you're like, oh, that is ridiculous. And you watch it and you're like, ah, Ramirez, though. It's Highlander. I'm from Egypt. It's like the you're fuck you are, Sean. He looks like, he looks like, like piece of shit. He looks like he's coming off the HMS fucking pinafore. Yeah, I swear to God. Ah... Uh, so good. So good. Yeah, so, his his accent was uh, Lambert's Lambier, whatever. Lambier. I fuck Lambert. His accent uh, was fucking all over the place, but that's because he didn't speak much English. No, you know, yeah, so no. It, really? It, yeah, that's that's why. Because uh, like it, previously he was in Tarzan, which I I had seen Tarzan on Encore. I'm dating myself here a little bit. Back in the day, Encore, when Encore was an actual yeah. thing. You know, they just played no, no movies and no TV shows. But Tarzan, I think it was The Legend Begins, I think is what it was. An 80s Tarzan. You Did you ever see it? Any of you guys ever see it? No. I probably it's pretty have. pretty good, actually. I probably have. For what actually. it was, he played fucking Tarzan. It was like a brutal, not brutal, but it was a bit more serious tone. It wasn't a comedy. Was he wearing a trench coat? No, he was He was, <laughs> he was, he, he was very almost naked. Um, ah. Yeah. But uh, I, I'd seen him in that movie before I'd seen Highlander. Ah. Okay. So that was your first exposure to yeah, that Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Uh, but, that, but doing some research on this movie... He didn't speak much in Tarzan because he didn't speak English. Mm. And he had to learn English really fast for Highlander. Yeah, he was, for months leading up to filming, he was doing eight-hour training days. Mm -hmm. The first four hours were the dialect coach, so he could learn the language. And then the second four hours every day was sword fight. Wow. That's why his lines felt so odd, because he just... He just didn't speak English. Yeah. He wasn't so I, sure what he was saying. He was yeah. just saying I'll give yeah. that man his flowers. Like, he did really well considering he had to learn a really difficult language. Yeah, and I would even go say, is that, uh, of all the things that you could say are technically wrong with this movie, I don't think Lambier's in it on that list. I think for being a, the main lead in a, in a low-budget 80s action movie about immortal sword fighting, uh, which I'll make the note for reasons... Right, is the official <laughs> dial of storyline reasons really again, <laughs> at least in this movie. Oh. Uh, he didn't do a bad job. I think he yeah, I and, and the, the, the main uh, lady did not do a bad job in no. this movie whatsoever. He's really good at being creepy. Yeah, it's weird. Crazy. But let's, real quick, let's do a real quick plot synopsis then, right? Yeah. So, like, anybody who's never seen this movie, how dare you even listen to this, but whatever. Wait, wait. <gasps> We're wow. in person. Oh. <laughs> We're in person. Yeah, we are. Oh, boy. Oh. Hi. Jeff, where bib? It's gonna be over there. It's been a long time. I have, I want to first apologize for not calling. Uh, things have been busy, and I just don't like you. And so I just want to be of the first of many to say welcome back. And for anyone that's listening to our show, actually, no, no, to anyone who's ever existed, alive or dead, on the planet Earth, that has never taken the time. To watch the goddamn Highlander. All I want to say is. Fuck you! <laughs> All right. It felt good. It felt, oh. like, it's like, it's like, it, ah. it felt good for us. It, yeah, it just it, it brings it back. Glad we got was, that out of the way. Good for you. You know, you know, the, you know the, the first fuck you I ever got from Noah on this podcast, <laughs> One he, of many. he actually got up from his chair. And went 22 feet across the room <laughs> and did a sprint power slide into the fuck you. 
that's how I got indoctrinated into that. Sometimes you need a running start. Sometimes you need a running start. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's good. Yeah. So plot synopsis. Oh, man. I, Was I, there one? Feel free to, to help me out with this because there's a lot going on in this movie. For, for, for being very linear of a story, there's a lot happening. It is. Flashbacks. But they, took, they took some risks with how they told yeah, the flashbacks. Which I dig. Yeah. I dig that. Uh, Connor McLeod uh, from the Clan McLeod uh, from like 1536 yeah, Scotland. Early 1500s. Um, he's murdered by Kurgan, but not really murdered because he doesn't die. He should have died. His townsfolk think that he's of the devil. They kick him out. And the movie takes place basically in 1985, New yeah. York City. Uh, so in this world, there are immortals who've been wandering around hum the human race forever, apparently, for, like you said, reasons. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's it. That's what we get. We don't know how many there are or why they're there. At one point, he's Those like, reasons. He, uh, he's with Sean Connery and Lamb. He's like, but why do we exist? And Sean Connery's like, because fuck you. That's why. <laughs> I don't know. Why does the sun asshole? come up? Why are there <laughs> stars the in the sky? Up? Why does the... And, and I that was the part of the movie that I was just like, oh, fine. I can fucking remember why this whole shit's happening. And they're like, no, you don't. They just <laughs> well, went, fuck you. We'll cover it in, in the second movie. And you're going to be real mad about it. <laughs> so uh, the movie takes place. He The gathering's happening in New York City. Because of course it is. Mm. Uh, and there's... Uh, a couple of fights, people lose their heads. In the end, the guy who, uh, the big bat, Kurgan, yeah. he comes, fights Highlander, Highlander takes his head, and in a strange turn of events, Highlander becomes mortal and can read people's thoughts. And Perfect. he will right. and cure, manipulate them. Cure you, world you, issues. You, when you're talking yeah. about world plot synopsis, you, listen, you would have been right, right, right yeah. straight for but the listen, we can talk about the shit that happens in this movie. We're going to talk yeah. about that. We'll get there. Okay, well, listen. I mean, we got to be real. The movie opens up with a fucking wrestling show at Madison Square Garden. I wanted to get the synopsis out of the way so we yeah. can get to so, the facts. But for some reason, <laughs> it gets brought... Like, they keep coming back to it, at least emotionally for me. But you always got to put in, Sean Connery is his mentor. Right. Uh, tells him how to be the Highlander, not a Highlander, but Connor McCloud, uh, and then he dies. And then we get to meet other immortal that he's friends with, whose name escapes me, and then he immediately dies. So it's like, and, oh, and there's a cop lady who... Castigar. Yeah, Castigar, yes. And then there's a cop lady that he eventually chews on the nipple of that is... Multiple times. In, in multiple times. Interested in in his sword. Look, we all have our No, kids. she was yeah, yes. all right. Yeah. We all have our kids. Uh, that's, so there's a love story in there, too. It's basically... Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah. And then they're all after the prize, which is... Here's the thing, and I, I'm just gonna jump in here for a second. We're told that the Kurgan can't have the prize. That no, if, it will end the world. It'll end the, the world. The, 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 the mortal men will shuffle if the Kurgan has the prize. It's like, what does the prize end up being? You can hear what people are thinking, and you're gonna and die. you're gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> what? Where was, where was the downside to that? It's probably a lot easier for people to let him win like a long time ago. You know. Yeah. But Look. the wrestling show. So I don't know about you. Yeah. Oh, I do know about you. Yeah. Of course I do. You do. Uh, you, <laughs> I am Noah. You're a WWF <laughs> Nice to meet you. Yeah. Much like me, uh, much like Jeff, I'm sure, uh, much like Mac, you're, you're not an NWA kid, you're not nope. a Jim Crockett kid, you're, you're not, not a JCP NWA, kid. No, you, you know, no WCCW. No WCCW. No world class. No FCW. None of that. Uh, so it's funny to me now looking back at it. When I was a kid, like being a big wrestling fan, seeing a wrestling show at the beginning of the movie, even if it was only for like two and a half minutes, I knew who I knew who Jim Brunzel was. Yeah, I knew who the Tonga Kid was, but I didn't know the other guys because I didn't watch, you know, Texas Crockett. wrestling. Yeah. I didn't know the Freebirds. I didn't know Bad Street. And it's weird to look back and go, "They were fucking what promotion was that?" It was WWF. 
because it was the guard. Were they ever? Were I they? Thought no, it was, I thought it was. I thought were the, the credits they said it was AWA. No, so they used AWA wrestlers. Okay, right, but it was being in that it was in the guard yeah, in nineteen ninety five. It had to have been, been WWF. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you don't believe that, I did more research into why those wrestlers were in the beginning of the <laughs> than I did for the entire fucking <laughs> making I, of this movie. I didn't do any research because I knew you were going to do all the research. Yes. So long. I story, let the first five minutes of the movie go just did, for you. I got, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. So one of the uh, and here's a fun thing. It's like six degrees to the iron motherfucking chic because mm. one of the people that they had do the stunt work in the foreign shot scenes, which for, uh, I can't remember where exactly besides Scotland they were shot, somewhere else they were, uh, knows the Iron Sheik from the uh, Team USA Olympic, mm. they, in which Iron Sheik referred them to Vern Gagne. So when they needed wrestlers, Vern Gagne wanted Greg Gagne to be the mm. star of that. Of course he did. Uh, yeah. And he, one of the producers went to AWA to check out uh, their show, and somebody told the fucking carny of, that he is Michael Hayes, that that guy's over there from Hollywood. So Michael Hayes went over and just do-do-do all over. Let me tell you what we going to do. And by the time that the guy in Vern Gagne, uh, if Michael Hayes wouldn't let him go talk to Vern Gagne, by the time Vern Gagne, he didn't, want, he didn't care about Greg. Because if you're talking to the fabulous Freebirds, and you're like, I need flamboyant professional wrestlers, there you go. Racist flamboyant professional Man. wrestlers. Yeah. But flamboyant. And then you have Greg Gagne, who is basically the wrestling equivalent of Greg Brady. Right, like what it's it's like vanilla ice cream as a person. It's actually like shitty vanilla ice cream <laughs> because you what you want, it's not going to be as good. It's and not, if the vanilla ice cream holds a grudge against you because it's not as good, that's great, Gagne. <laughs> it's been open in the freezer for a little while. It's got burn, a little freezer burn yeah, on there and everything. And then it's old, yeah, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. And it's just waiting for Vince McMahon to die. Yeah, basically, yeah, that vanilla ice cream. So yeah, by the time they got the burn, the producer had already made up his mind. So they got the free birds, and then they wanted somebody more diverse because they realized they got. Basically, you know, NASCAR and wrestling form with the Freebirds. So they grabbed Tonga Kid. Can never go wrong with Tonga. Can't one of go wrong with Tonga. Uh, who would actually be in a wrestling movie next, the next year after this with Roddy Piper called Body Slam. Mm. But, uh, and that's how he got discovered for that, that role in that movie, which is fun. But yeah, but Jim Brenzel was the one they sent to keep uh, the Freebirds from doing too much cocaine on the set of Highlander. I love it. I mean, it's the 80s in New York. If there wasn't cocaine on set, I kind of would feel a little oh, bit. Oh, for sure. I mean, half of what Connor McCloud was wearing in New York made me think that he was dealing cocaine <laughs> instead of antiques. That's the only thing that made them trust When you open up the urn of this, like, 600 BC silver chalice that he has from, like, Indonesia, <laughs> it's fucking cocaine. It's all cocaine. <laughs> it's all cocaine. It's all cocaine. Oh, my God. But, yeah, wrestling opens up the show. Yeah, it was really cool. And uh, my wife... Uh, I don't, it's hard to read my wife when it comes to these sorts of movies because, like, there's a part of her that loves me dearly and is in love with me. <laughs> part and of her. will, yeah, well, it, there's that part. And she will, she'll put up with my bullshit. She entertains Because it. she yeah. loves me so much. And so when I go, I'm going to watch this movie for the show, she usually goes, oh, cool. Like, what are you going to watch? Can I watch it with you? I'm like, ah, of course you can. I want to get an her. outside pr perspective, anyhow. And the first thing she says, we're watching the first the intro, and she goes, of course, there's fucking wrestling in it. <laughs> I, I forgot like, well, there was wrestling in it. Yeah, but you yeah. know what's funny, Jones? Like, when I saw that, I, that's the first thing I thought. Is, of course, there's fucking wrestling in it. Of course, there is. God that was, like, the it. first thing I thought, because I completely forgot how it opened. I didn't forget, because, again, when we're talking about the start of this movie, guys, something extremely important that we had we didn't mention is fucking Queen. Mm. Oh, yeah, in the soundtrack oh, yeah. of this movie, mm. and it fucking slaps you oh, the, right so on the so first frame. Whenever the movie starts to let you down, yeah. Freddie Mercury shows up and yeah. lifts right you right back, back up. up. You're like, oh, shit. Just, here we are. That song's so good. Oh, I I to be 
Like, it's just... Like, I just, like, and, and that brought me back to, like, mm-hmm. this movie's fucking awesome. And yeah. then, like, the first 10 minutes, like, no, it's not. But the music, um, the song. But the music. The soundtrack's just good. Yeah. The soundtrack's fucking excellent. The, uh, I'm going to bring it up here while we talk here for a second. And, uh, and I'm going to read it. Uh, I should, I should have been more prepared. But, um, this movie, we have to even go back a little bit further than that to the intro of this movie. And I don't want to hark on every detail of this film. But before the wrestling... And before the Queen, mm, I know where this is going. Is the fucking title card that comes up with the worst fucking formatted text <laughs> in <laughs> the can't, history? You can't like, read it. Like, oh. like you can't. No, you You're, can't. And it's like the VHS, weird sentences. You read that right? shit. No, and it's it's like the uh, like such a weird like where they put the period and where they start the line. Like you should always when in, in film in video write something as if someone's going to read it out loud and that a line break. Is a break. That's it, right? Also, when you when you start, it's on Peacock, by the way, everybody. And when you start it with a new intro, and then it just keeps getting more eighties <laughs> as the, sh- the movie starts like to go. That canon reminds me of Robocop. Yeah, there's like a, yeah, the, it does remind me of Robocop. Oh, yeah. It's like the logo, and then you can start to see like the light start to fade. And what I'm go- like, the titles are just dark red. Yeah, All right, red, and, on, red yeah. on black is not. Easy and to read it. What I'm gonna do here yeah, is read this opening title from Highlander. The way that it's written. Are you going to do it in your in your Scottish brogue? I am going to do it in a terrible Sean Connery accent. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> your mother, Turbeck. Okay, here we go. That was almost. I can't do Connery without thinking of Hunt for Red October. Uh, so it's like, which is him trying to do a shitty Russian accent. So it gets real murky. So here we go. <clears throat> From the jaw of time, we came moving silently down through the centuries, living. Many secret lives struggling to reach the chime of the gathering. When few, when the few who remain will battle to the last. No one has ever known we were among you until. I like it. Now. Like, it's My a, dog does not oh, like your show. No, no. That could not have been any better. I agree, well Clover. I agree. <laughs> But it's like so. T- it's like so, and you're like, what the fuck? And then Queen immediately hits, and you're like, all right, I don't care. I don't care about yeah, that yeah, text. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget about it. Queen, yeah. Queen autocorrects. Yes, immediately at that point. It's a banging um, soundtrack. There's four songs on this soundtrack, but it's a banging soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And the weird thing is, so it's not even a soundtrack. So they reference it in the credits. The soundtrack by Queen. The soundtrack never came out. It was never released. Right. <sighs> Unreal. That's that is like, a- how do you fucking drop that one? Mm-mm. I don't know. 1986. You remember to pay the fabulous Freebirds, but you can't can't give me this fucking song. And who wants to live forever on a on a vinyl? Ah. Uh. So in this movie, I think there, and I didn't count, but I'm just gonna off the top of my head say there that Connor has three like combat sequences: the very yeah. beginning against um, the Frenchman. Basile. And you're talking about as as a, as a traditional sword fight. As yes. a yeah, yeah. Uh, which you know I want to just skim over that fight because. I, I my wife just kept scoffing at it like this is ridiculous oh like, yeah he's backflipping away from him I know. oh that's the greatest thing that's the greatest <laughs> part back, I know he is he just keeps going some say he's still backflipping <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, but 
yeah, I mean, but we we are introduced to like the power of the quickening, which is effectively like intergalactic busting a nut. Yep. Yeah. You know. But, oh yeah. Oh, the yeah. best uh, was it, it had to been in that scene. I think I wrote it down. Hold on. Uh, is it when the cars like actually defecate after? Dude, yeah. I read, the yeah. car just shit the itself. The car just shit itself. Yeah. <laughs> I paused so quickly. I said, yeah. "The car just shit itself." I actually had to go back and rewatch that whole sequence just did. to wrap my head around again what I saw. Um, but yeah, the car did in fact shit all shit all over itself. <laughs> like something did that clearly on purpose that the car <laughs> shit itself because the quickening is that intense. <laughs> But why was Connor McCloud wearing dad shoes? And and this is the other question I wanted to point to you guys here as we're talking about the start of the movie because they go right in on the dad shoes. Right, right. We, it's like the second thing we see. Yeah, and he's been around for hundreds of years. He could have picked years. anything he wanted. He really could have. Were dad shoes a thing in 1986? No, those. Here's the thing. Those this were in important. style. Those were just shoes. <laughs> okay. But our dads were like, those were the shoes that the dads were wearing right in 1986. <laughs> I wore those for the rest kept of that going. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was, I was weirdly confused by a lot of the motivation of the start of the movie because, okay, so we're in a wrestling ring, mm. right? And okay, it's wrestling. Cool. cool. I enjoy it. I realized later on, cause there are a couple of times they answer things later on in the movie that they should have probably explained earlier. Yeah. Um, but okay. He, he's watching wrestling cause he's Scottish and Scotsman wrestle. Okay, cool. Probably. Cool. But he just decides to get up and leave. Right, he does. He's having PTSD from watching yeah. the Fabulous Reaper. The violence yeah. of the. Of, oh, I always assumed it was because he sensed uh, Basile was nearby because immortals can sense each other. So I feel like he See, knew, like he just kind of like. All right, that's way to too out. smart of an answer. It's because they, but they do though. They but I yeah. But then later in the movie, I'm sorry to jump on you, but later in the movie, he's like watching lions randomly not fuck yeah. after having just chewed on that chick's nipple. Yeah, and the Kurgan is literally behind him. He yeah. notices it after the fact. After yeah, but he, he's like talking to her. He doesn't like perk up when when she's in danger. No, so but I don't that, know. But her. according to canon, they do. They do, they do. It, so that's kind of yeah. what I had just assumed. But, right. canon, or, but the canon wasn't created until like two movies later. <laughs> no, no, the canon was in the movie. Like they can sense each other. They they, got, they did an act two. Yeah, you know, so little, well, I mean, but that was only really Sean Connery sensing that Kurgan was nearby. I think well, that was well, the only time it was really clearly. Well, he said that you you know how when you sh- when you show me you felt sick and he's yeah, like yeah that was because of like, Kurgan. That's like we can sense each other. Yeah, like, they, you know. they definitely can sense each other. I also think, but it's a combination of he could sense something wasn't right, but I think it was the PTSD. I think the violence of the match was causing an issue. I thought it was just like the overall vibe of New York screaming into his ear during the match. Oh, man, just so like he had that dude was going to get punched in the face. That oh, yeah. dude, that's a, all the time I'm like, if I'm at a wrestling show and that fucking Mark is like screaming <laughs> in my Mark. face. I'm like, dude, Jesus. But, but, but how bad is your security? That you're gonna let a dude walk in with a full fucking katana. Because we're the eighties. It, it was a different time. Uh, yeah. Jesus. The, well, Freddie Blassie got stabbed like eight times in Madison Square Garden. So I'm not really surprised that you can carry a whole samurai sword. And they probably saw a guy with a trench coat. They're like, here we come. Open it up. There's a samurai sword. Security is like, look, sees that he's white and he's like, keep moving forward. Oh you're okay. God. You're fine. You know, it's one of those terrible, terrible things. But yeah, then you have like what I don't get about the, the sword fighting scenes in this movie, that mostly Christopher Lambier's sword fighting scenes, is that he's always like he's like trying to play this reluctant hero, you know, like I don't I don't want to be immortal, I don't really want to fight, I'm going to like he tries to negotiate with the weird flippy old dude who looks by the way did anyone else think for a second that he's just someone's limo driver, like I, he looked like a chauffeur, he was absolutely he a butler for somebody <laughs> at this point, hundred yeah. percent. 
Like, he's this random guy that runs out in the middle of an eight, a lethal weapon and gets blown away in, like, eight times. Yeah, I would agree that the the, the, the general story, what you were saying about uh, Connor and his motivations and his reluctancy, it very little is really truly established for him. Mm-hmm. I am more interested... I want to watch a, 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 a HBO Max series about Ramirez's adventures. That's oh, what I want to watch. That would have been great. Honestly, I would be more interested in like the dynamic between Connor and Rachel, which I totally forgot about that dynamic. Oh, yeah, until it's there, though. It was like, super interesting to me. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember the scene where he rescues her as a little girl. And I'm like, what? Does this, this actually happen? Yeah. And it's really cool that he that's her father figure, basically. That's mm-hmm. really wild to me. Like, that's a story I'd watch. Yeah, she's that's the only a one who knows that he's yeah. immortal. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's very on the fence about. It. He's wishy-washy. He's yeah. flaky. But he's like, "There's gonna be only a few of us left, and you're gonna have to fight them all." And he's like, "But do I though?" And Shankar's <laughs> like, "Yeah." Though? So it's like, but but, but he does. Yeah, it's it's uh, so it's weird mixed signals about that reluctant hero ness. And I know it's done to counter the bloodthirsty nature of the Kurgan. Right. It's like shit or get off the pot and that. And he's also, and I don't want to to be mean to him, but he's also not very good at sword fighting. Like, no. all hundreds of years later, he's no. still not... He's like, old chauffeur dude beats his ass. But listen, when you watch the... When they do the first flashback, and you watch the first battle that they that they show with him in, mm-hmm. and you see how he gets fucking owned, like, with one move... One move, he's done. He just goes, I'm gonna get you! And the curtain's like, stab. Like, it's definitely an improvement. Why like won't you, nobody fight me? Like, yeah. Here's another little... Which you probably already may or may not know. Uh, so, Christopher Lambert uh, suffers from some sort of like I want to say it's degenerative, but he has a, a an eye issue he's had his entire life, and he's effectively blind without his glasses. Uh-huh. So his swordplay is like a product, I think, of that him not killing somebody or hurting himself. Mm. But yeah, he's he's very blind without his glasses. Did we cover that in the Mortal Kombat episode? We might have. I don't even remember. That. I don't think we did. We were too busy giving out. Well, about that, that, might, that might also <laughs> explain why titties. Raiden didn't do anything in the fucking movie. <laughs> fucking those back titties. Right. <laughs> fucking those back titties. Uh, but yeah, that's why his, I think that's a big portion why the choreography was a little loose because he just couldn't see what he was doing. You know, so there there's something to say about that because. Um, this movie, like technically speaking, is a whole lot of shit. Yeah, yeah. There, there are some times where the cinematography is fucking Lord of the Rings, like beautiful, especially yeah. when they're shooting a lot of stuff in the Scottish Highlands. Mm-hmm. And then there are other points where you're like, I don't know what the fuck you're trying to do with this camera move or this camera angle or what you're trying to do. So you obviously had somebody who knew what they were doing and somebody who obviously didn't know what they were doing. Right. And kind of going at it at the same time. If you got a guy who isn't going to be a great sword fighter who's your lead, why don't you just try to hide that with some clever camera moves or camera positions or maybe do some like wide shots where you can put the stunt double in there to maybe take away. Just like they did in Iron Fist where, you know, Finn Jones didn't fucking do any of those fight scenes. They just no. had somebody else do it. But like, why don't you do something like that to try to maybe hide where there are some deficiencies there, or maybe they just didn't have the budget to do that. I don't know. But, like, that's what I thought. Like, because I agree. I thought, especially the first, I thought it really did pretty well at the end with that final fight scene. Oh, that scene. final fight scene was yeah. bad. It's, it's bad. Yeah. Was it cr- it like, yeah, they, you could tell they figured out what they were doing in the movie. Yeah. Because that, that thing goes. And you're like, mm-hmm. oh, man, if you had just basically started the movie with this kind yeah. of energy, we'd be on a different wavelength. Yeah. yeah. But I'm, I'm just surprised they didn't try to do anything to maybe just try to hide that a little bit. Because especially in the 80s, too, nobody was really thinking people were doing their own stunts or anything. Stunt guys were yeah. doing all sorts no of bullshit. Cared so nobody cared. So why didn't they just try to do that? 
It may have been an inexperience. So the director, mm-hmm. uh, Russell Mollet, Mollet, whatever you say, is fucking yeah, last guy. This was only his second feature film. Mm-hmm. Before that, he had done a decade's worth of music videos. ACDC, Elton John. It shows. Duran Duran. Like, that was, like, mm-hmm. he was the guy for those 80s style videos. Uh, so he was sort of thrown into this. And it's weird that Highlander is even a thing. So the script, uh, the guy who wrote it, wrote it in grad school for a film project. And his teacher said, this is really good. You should call an agent and see if someone will buy it, if a studio will buy it. And they bought it right up. 200 grand is what he got. Wow. Yeah, that's first and they're draft. like, yeah, we're going we're, we're gonna to tweak it a little bit, but we're going to make a movie out of it. But I think, you know, this first fight scene is sort of, it's sloppy. The choreography is sloppy. The practical effects are just ridiculous. <laughs> like, it's so why, bad. Why do like, some if my sword... sword hits a hood of a car like there's not going to be sparks and explosions I actually, okay stop it i fucking love the fact that the swords randomly spark like Listen, it is was, so 80s it's, like, it's absurd i want you to lean into the absurdity right when right. the movie leans in to the absurdity the kurrigan just basically being just, a this, dialed up to t- 10 dismantling a castle yes like light throws the old man out the old ladies on the hood of the car and like clancy brown is just like he's like i don't give a shit i'm gonna be like every prototypical villain and you dialed up the 12 when the movie leans into the absurd it knows what it is and it it then you can't make fun of it you're like oh yeah you know what you are it's the trying to be more than it is sensual you know the Pan, the, for some strange reason, they use like the cheapest film possible for one scene. Oh my god! Pan Dang. out of his eye, oh right? And I, mean, I, was, yeah. I went blind for about three minutes after. Yeah, that. for sure. And I'm like, what the hell just happened? I'm, like, I'm watching a 4K remaster of fucking Highlander, <laughs> and I, I gotta deal. This not aging for like 16 well. seconds. You want? Yeah. Or the fir- and like here it is in the most 80s apartment. Which not to reference, I try not to date where we are for the French listeners. First of all, who fucking love Christopher Lambier, but two have never been to the Century Three Mall in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania in the nineties. But dear God, his apartment is like Century Three Mall in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania in the nineties. And then you got that fucking room with the couches, mm-hmm. and they just had this knack for never shooting that room more than like a quarter or top down. Yeah, top it was down. top and down. It's top yeah. down, and they're trying to be artsy with this. Yeah, so I'm like, cool no, angle, just pull out a pair of tits and fight with some swords and have it spark randomly. Wait, are the tits Holton swords? Why not? Jesus. There you go. That should have been Highlander too. <laughs> like he's like he's like oh, and then like the red net around the world, and then it's just tits and swords. <laughs> Way better than the concept otherwise that we got. I digress though. Yes. Yeah. So this is this guy said. Yeah, you could tell though, like like that this guy hadn't done uh, a lot of movies, but he definitely did music videos because it shot like a lot of music videos. Yeah, and yeah. so we we cut from that back to the first flashback. Uh, which Jones already described to a T. Yeah. Uh, he gets stabbed by the Kurgan. They think he's dead. He comes back. They think he's practicing witchcraft, so they exile him uh, to the Highlands, mm-hmm. uh, where Highlands. he becomes a Highlander. I don't know if it if it's just me. It, the way Christopher Lambay looks, like when he's the Highlander in present time, like when he's like a little grizzled, yeah, and a little scruffy looking, a little like, like he looks like he could be like a Highlander, but. His face is so punchable in the oh. flashbacks, <laughs> and like when like when he's running on the beach with Sean Connery and that he's pointless smiling, scene he's making like, montage. Like, like I just want to punch him in the face. Like it, he just looks so odd. 
So, so first so, of all, they absolutely shot that in oh, the same spot. They, they shot Rocky Three. Did that. No, I was, it's the same spot. I, I Where did they get to California? I absolutely <laughs> wanted to see fucking them just like cross paths, just like going in opposite directions. <laughs> And just Sean Connery just knocks Apollo Creed down just <laughs> for, you know, sure. for, I for no fucking reason. To ask you guys what you thought of that scene because that's one of the few scenes that really stood out that made no sense and it didn't seem, it didn't seem like it had a How point. How do you trade <laughs> someone to be more immortal? <laughs> well, not that. I meant the beach scene where he's like, feel the, the deer. Oh, yeah. Oh, I told my wife. Like, I'm what like, what is this? This has nothing to do with any of the movie. It was like or they any just, of the other movies a, yeah, after. No. Feels so elf. strange. See, Sean Connor is like getting. Yeah, he's he's like, definitely near Oregon. He's got a chub. Yeah, yeah for oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, he's. It, this is like Avatar shit. He's just one with the planet at that point. But you know, you're, you guys had mentioned too that like the, the purpose of him becoming the Highland, like the there can be only one, the one at the end, is that you're connected to like every living thing. So yeah. is that the only time that they just horribly explain that they're still kind of somewhat connected to the living things on the planet? I don't I don't really know, but that's that, the only thing I kind of took from that. But it was so fucking strange. Maybe that in the zoo scene where they were, he was like staring down the, the line, big cat. I, his accent was so strange. I still, I watched it three times. I still have no real idea what he says to the line. Listen, I, I had to put I don't the, think he does either. I, I'm, I'm not even kidding. I had to put the subtitles on because I just, I couldn't, I couldn't focus on what the hell they were saying. No. The accent. The only thing that killed me about the accent sound, you said, I actually go the opposite way on you, Jeff, with this. I actually thought he was more, I actually could deal with him more as the Highlander in the 1500s uh. than I could with him in 1985, 1986 New York. Because his fucking five o'clock shadow <laughs> just changed every single scene <laughs> and i couldn't fucking stand oh, no. it no and you can tell he actually i don't know what order they shot the scenes and no idea he gets so skinny as the movie like kind of yeah, goes here now it's weird like you tell like i i don't know if he just wasn't eating right or he got sick from being in new york and only filming at four o'clock in the morning <laughs> yeah but uh in la which they said was new york but it's clearly la oh, it's clearly always LA. wet as shit too yeah, yeah. It's right, which just covered in previous yeah. uh, things yeah no but yeah but he just gets so so scary uh, so scary skinny at certain points i have to go with jeff on this but uh my, this is the point whenever we get and i know we're jumping ahead but we don't we don't, we don't have to get to the minutia when he's the highlander and you're first ha meeting sean connery my wife looks at me and says does he have a learning disability <laughs> <laughs> and i went who sean connery she went, no the highlander and i went and he looked at he said and then like the go back and watch the expressions whenever sean connery is talking and they get to the cutaways where he's talking and he's like hey like it's like it's not like full mental illness but like you could tell like like he's like oh like that pretty blonde girl that's with him she's like aren't you nice and what's your name connor <laughs> Good for you, Connor. I have a castle. I bet you do. <laughs> That's nice. Because he's either like learning disability in 1500s or he's learning disability in that small Baroque scene, which I want to talk about so bad when we get there. And then he's like full on like how every guy in the 80s pictured themselves as like they think they're cool and kind of forceful. Uh, and sly, but they really come off as like varying degrees of rapey in oh, the eighties. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, there is definitely a Miami Vice vibe with how oh, yeah. Connor looked in in the in the modern day. Oh yeah, for for the film. Um, going back to the to the Highlander, the, the first flashback. Right, I do want to go ahead and just throw some props to um, James Cosmos being in there. 
who yeah. uh, is Angus in um, Braveheart. Yes, the dad. The dad. Yeah. Um, because the only Scottish person playing a Scotsman in the movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, I like him as an actor. I had completely forgot he was in this movie, and when I saw him, I had to pause it and just go, fucking nice little Braveheart tie in there, Way to too. go there, yeah. You know, it's nice that when you gotta get a guy with a Scottish brogue to fucking slaughter people in a field, you know, he's we're being your, consistent. He's your guy. He's your guy. Yeah. Like, is he available? Yeah, exactly. Such a badass in Braveheart that it carries over to movies. Oh, he yeah. gets his fucking yeah. hand chopped with an axe and just stabs, stabs the, the guy. dude. And yeah. then he's screaming at Brendan Gleeson, don't be a pussy! And yeah. then, yeah, so good. So, that movie's so bad in so many ways, but so good for those scenes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we, we get to the point where, so he's back and forth, and it's brave. It is very brave to have it tell it in such a back and forth way for the first act of the movie. Yeah. Where he was, who he came from. It's jarring, but I think it's only because the the, technical, the technology of the time didn't allow for such smooth transitions as we would have if they shot it today. They should have just done the fucking Star Wars and just did like the fucking map wipes and like the, <laughs> the cross fades. Oh uh, yeah, and ran the, a star the fade. star yeah. fades <laughs> and the bar transitions and everything. I would have bought that more. I actually made a note here because of that first fight scene when, uh, you know, um, Kragen's going for Connor. Kurgan. The, Kurgan, sorry, is going for Connor on the field. And I was like, the, it, that fight scene between the two of them in the field made Darth Vader Obi-Wan 1 look like fucking Phantom Menace today. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just couldn't believe. I'm just, this is the second time I'm saying it. I'm going to attack you when I'm going to put my sword in the air. And the dude just goes under, poke. Yeah. I'm dead. It's like, how did you oh! even fucking survive this long? You know, this all how bad of a fucking swordsman are you? If they do, if he does, now I am going to run the risk of sounding insensitive. And I want to say, I want to say, and then Jones is giving me that face like, well, then don't fucking say it. <laughs> I've learned in life, if you feel like this might yeah, be racist, got, but... If, if you got to tell us that you're going to no, do that, you this probably might be sexist, racist, but, but, but... Hold on, we haven't gotten to the racist, sexist stuff in this movie yet. Oh, no, oh, it's, we will. it's getting there. Oh, we will. It's like, act one's over. All right, double down on that shit. It's 80s, remember. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah say whatever you want to her. She's not a full person. She's only 83% of a person. No, but the idea here is that if he does have a learning disability in the 1500s, then, like, the fact that, like, everyone's, like, they're marching toward, like, hey, Connor, you ready to go to battle? And he's like, yeah! And then, <laughs> then he gets to the battle, and he's like, why is no one fighting me? Like, no, 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 no. Just fight around and make you feel like he's a part of it. And then he's like, oh, I'm gonna attack! And then he gets stabbed, so it all plays out. Like, that, it, all, it all starts to make a lot which, of sense. Which kind of leads me to something before we, because we've been kind of circling the first 25 minutes of this movie, but as we do eh, uh, I find it really interesting I wrote down like how how did Kurgan know I mean I knew he he obviously knew but how did he know specifically the name and like, was that he, like it was such a strange like leave him alone he's for me like you gotta be the guy to kill him like yeah you you, you google searched him in 1500 like did you yeah. well so I'm I'm convinced so as Jeff had mentioned this was this, the the writer of the movie wrote this movie in what you say grad school, mm -hmm. and the teacher's like, "Oh, you should sell this." I think that dude wrote this at eleven o'clock the night before the final was due, <laughs> and didn't give it a second rewrite. And the teacher never like edited it and just sent it off. And like, I don't think anybody read this script the second time. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, I, doing a little research, the 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 original script was drastically different than what we got. Kurgan was a sympathetic villain. Hmm. He'd lost so much. For so long, because he was, you know, really old. So he was Thanos. Yeah. Yes. 
that we ended, he basically, like, the only thing that drove him to get up in the morning was to get to the gathering. That was it. Nothing more. That'd have been awesome. Yeah. Way better. But instead, they're like, let's make the guy from Shawshank Redemption into a rapist. And yeah. That's good enough. Cut, print. Yeah. But he's he does so good in this movie, though. Like, Clancy Brown, despite the fact that they could have given him more to do, is still, like, this... If if that trench coat wasn't in that movie, that Christopher <laughs> Lambier just decides to just barely wear, it's like a robe, uh, he would be the most... Kurgan is the most memorable part of this entire movie and how, how over the top he is. Well, I love how they also gave them two of the greatest 88... Like, the 80s stereotypes for the characters that you could have. Because, you know, Connor is fucking Miami Vice... And then Kurgan is just full-on fucking 80s, 80s bike, biker, yeah. punk, you mm-hmm. know, monster guy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. With more, more like, like an entire cattle herd of leather on him. He's yeah. the he's what you see when you walk into the bar that Pee-wee goes into when he gets dropped off by Large March. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so good. So terrible. Yeah. We should definitely do a Pee-wee movie. Oh, yeah. for sure. That sounds like nightmare fuel. Yeah. 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 Watch that at 1.30 in the morning after day drinking. That sounds like a great that dream. That sounds interesting. Uh, we, we were circling the drain. Let's pick it up a little bit, right, to... Uh, after the fight scene, some nice forensics lady discovers who randomly working forensics in uh, NYPD. She's also an ancient weapons expert. Of course she is. How fucking convenient for that. Very convenient. A super. Co- Here's the thing, though. And I don't <laughs> pretend to know a lot about weapons. All right. I don't know. I just buy scorpion shaped blades and hand them to my friends, essentially. But even I know that a folded katana blade folded enough times does not splinter. It simply shatters if it breaks. If it cracks, it breaks. If it doesn't, it doesn't. You ain't finding shards of that uh, pillar in that pillar for her to find. You aren't finding a pillar if you're swinging that thing fast enough, hard enough. So, yeah. But we meet her and she eventually, spoiler alert, her nipples shall be chewed upon in this film. uh, God, 80s sex scenes were something. They were like a little art form all, the, all their own. That, they, we were getting into like the renaissance of like cinematic sex scenes. You know, yeah. that's you know you, you start ramping up through the eighties into the early nineties when Michael Douglas just fucked everything on camera. He did. Yeah. He literally he did. The camera. He, he did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes Catherine Zeta Jones to this day still dresses up like a camera just to make sure just to get him there again. Just make sure it still works. No, yeah, I would think we should, we should, we should, oh my God, I'm going to put it in there because it's a terrible episode idea, but I'm going to put it in there. We should do top five movie sex scenes. Oh. Like, absolutely should do that. 100%. And four of the five are going to be Jean-Claude Van Damme movies from 87 to 91. Like, every single one. Uh, we absolutely should. We had Chews on the Nipples. Uh, I'll this is you at least seven times have mentioned Chewing on Nipples. Well, it's so... It's like a sexy silhouette scene. Yeah. And so that's like chewing. And then it's like the one... It's For a moment, you get this oasis. Like, it's like going through a storm and the clouds separate. And there's a boob finally in this movie. And then he starts fucking gnawing on it. <laughs> Well, because you get to the point, too, when you're watching this, you're like, am I going to see anything? Because it's shot really well. Yeah. It's a nice silhouette. They've got some good lighting going on there. There's, they're using the shadows well. And you're like, are they going to fucking tease me with this? Like, am I, I just, oh, there's some butt. All right. There's, there's always there's, butt. There's, 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 there's Lambie butt. There's Lambie butt. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, fucking nipple. He's, he's going right. Like, yeah. yeah, you know? And then he's like, ha, 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 Right. <laughs> <laughs> right Speaking of sex scenes, uh, Kurgan gets candy. Right. Uh, and so I don't remember what he, the, the the guy said. The the, the tenant guy said that he said that Candy said you you were a little rougher. You like you were kinky. Yeah, I said you were kinky. And I'm thinking to myself, butt play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
He's like, don't you ever talk to me again. <laughs> We've been friends for 20 years. You've never... <laughs> You never looked me in the eye. <laughs> it said butt play. <laughs> it was so casual. Uh, but... Well, I, mean, I remember like the scene happened. And I'm like, is he gonna elaborate? Well, apparently, saying that was enough to piss Kurgan off. So obviously, Candy's had like, little details there. And no, listen, Kurgan's into that stuff. Who might have just? He's probably the cut play too. I, I thought it was uh, Kurgan getting pegged by Candy. I uh, see. There you go. We have to be aware I, that we're in the mid '80s at this point, so butt play is taboo. Much less like so today, you go on a date and you meet uh, somebody. It's like, oh, do you eat ass? I also eat ass. <laughs> what are you doing? It's Denny's at three p.m. Let's go eat ass. <laughs> it's a whole different moons over by hand. It is. <laughs> Talk about a grand yeah. slam. But, See, I, yeah. I looked at it more that it was probably the hilt of the sword. That he just oh. deconstructed it and she just kind of used that to just go to town. I Me, mean, either way, it was one direction. Kurgan <laughs> was down with it. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was so thrown off by the fucking herpes on the dude's mouth. Oh my god. Oh, yeah. Dude, yeah. I love that entire little set with the yeah. with the, the guy on the couch the and he's the heckling couch. people. Yeah. Like this whole there's so much flavor here. Somebody put a lot of work to build in the world of this <laughs> skeevy motel. <laughs> All the world building <laughs> went to that. Yeah. And that alone. Why are there immortals? We don't know. Fuck off. But you know what we're gonna get herpes <laughs> on that guy's face. Yeah. <laughs> I also what? like that Kurgan like pulls out a wad of fucking twenties and gets the room for twenty bucks. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, oh, I'll send candy up to you. Let me know if there's anything you need. Like that's it. That's the negotiation. Oh, yeah, my yeah. Uh, Chris Van Nepek, you're not gonna, you're not gonna haggle with him. After Especially with a fucking neck scar that God. goes over like 270 degrees of your neck. <laughs> yes. Like that was the thing that they took most from that that sequence when he checks into the hotel is just like the fucking scar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like when you see a dude with that scar, how do you? I mean, he sure he's a scary guy. But how do you not ask? And not just that. He wears that low-cut vest yeah. to show it off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So close. So f- Yet so far with Ramirez and that, that sequence. You know, let's jump ahead a little bit to, uh, to hit. You know, we go back and forth. And uh, Nash is Connor McLeod. And he's living out there with may or may not have a disability. Out into the middle of nowhere in a, in a castle with, I would say... Probably the prettiest girl in this movie. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, she just looks With like the easily. Most Scottish name, Heather. Honestly, it was, Heather. A tie, between, it was a tie between uh, Heather and Rachel. Yeah. Because Brenda didn't couldn't hold a candle to those two. No, Brenda reminded me too much of somebody I know, but I don't know who it was. But it was, I was like, I was <laughs> that's like, not a good thing. Though. I was like, and then, you, then he's like, dude, go in the old town, country buffet, like right down on... Right on his nips and just kick it over. He's like, he's like, I got it. It's like the tenth time now. It's not gonna stop. It's not. Is that how many times is no gonna mention is that what, you? Is that what feels this? <laughs> I mean, he was getting very Scottish name Heather, though. Yeah, he was getting show at her nipples when they were in the fucking field fucking until like Sean Connery's horse. Oh, he was. Oh my god! Until his horse's dick knocks him off of her. (laughs) Because he just like you're gonna get somebody's attention by just jumping the horse directly over top of them (laughs) while they're fucking. Scare the shit out of you. I just keep thinking that chomping on nips is like his finish. Like, he, he's got to get his shit in. That's what he's working for. That's how he does it. That's like his one move. Oh my god, wait a minute. 
this this works for the disability thing. It's like like he's like fourteen year old Highlander, and he's like, so you see that pretty girl over there, Connor? He's like, yeah. It's like when you get a pretty girl alone, you have to get it down to just nothing on top, and then you know what they love if you just start gnawing on her titties. Oh yeah, it's like yeah, that's that's the best thing in the world. Oh She'll God. love it. He's always going for it. Uh, but yeah, when you meet Sean Connery, the only heavy Scottish accent in this movie <laughs> should not have. Not being Scottish. He's fancy as fuck in there, this movie. There is. there is so much cultural inappropriation throughout this movie. So much. There's a lot happening. Uh, I thought Ramirez, like I said earlier in the episode, I thought Ramirez was really cool, and I, I would love to watch an entire movie or TV show based around his adventures in the shenanigans. Yeah, his character is far more interesting than far anybody else. Like, well... So, first off, you're dropping Sean Connery into this That's fucking all movie. budget in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's pretty much, like, the only real actor yeah. in this movie. So, for the 20 minutes he's in it... He elevates it. Every scene. Yeah. He, he carries what is basically the only bit of plot throughout the movie that we get. Yeah. So, all exposition. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I often wonder... You know, did he read the script before he signed on to do <laughs> oh, this? Oh, no. Did a studio have an option on him and said, this is what we're using it on? Yeah. Oh, no doubt. Somebody owed somebody money. And the way they paid it off was having Sean Connery be in this fucking thing. Like, what pictures did they have of Sean Connery at some sort of, like, nightclub in 1984 <laughs> that they gave him that fucking jumpsuit to wear and said, you're going to be immortalized on camera for all time in this 007. Yeah. Also, your name is Juan. Yeah. <laughs> Ramirez. Who's actually Egyptian. Now I want to see, With a like, fucking samurai sword. It's like 2,000 uh -huh. years old. Uh, here's the whole thing. It. He's like, like half of Noah's Ark. <laughs> it's, there's so much backstory that someone just, like, randomly pulled it out of their ass. He's from ancient Egypt. He works. He's a metallurgist. That's like that yeah. goes in there. Yeah, like he's a metallurgist. Like what? Like how do you get a degree in the 1500s <laughs> to be appointed by the king of Spain? And why did he let you go to Scotland? And how did you know where to find Connor McLeod? Like how does anyone know? Okay, I'm not even gonna bring up the disability thing again. God damn it! <laughs> because I just imagine him when he goes to town for supplies. He's like, hi. <laughs> I'm Connor. If you want to see me, big castle on the hill, just come say hi. Good to see you. Totally hiding out though, so be chill. So with these flashbacks, I think is drives like probably the most like the heaviest plot point in the entire film is just his relationship with Heather, her aging, and that shit's a little sad. You're like, oh that's because mm -hmm. you know what's coming and, and, and Ramirez tries to warn him. He's like, fuck that noise, man. I, I I'm in love and, and watching him live with her and age and pass on when i was young <clears throat> i mean it was the scene was what it was I'm like oh that's a bummer for him as a married man now like it like a little slightly frames it differently for me and it's like that's oh, kind of fucking sad actually to like just bury your wife who you've yeah. watched age and die in mm -hmm. your arms like that was yeah and you're exactly the same the whole and you're time. just the same yeah. dude and you gotta yeah, fuck i wouldn't do that again that's a curse yeah that's a, that's curse. a big fucking curse but in all fairness like you know like ramirez tries to ward him he's just trying to help him out but you gotta you gotta experience it before you realize not mm -hmm. to do it again and that's why he just chooses to be kind of rapey instead of like committed oh, to a, hey, a, let's talk about rapey let's talk about fucking rapey i'll tell you about fucking rapey yeah what the fuck is that weird ass fucking scene you've got notes about him being rapey too I, it comes yeah. up. I mean, quite I feel often. like everybody probably does. <laughs> In that fucking bar. Yep. Oh, that's it. That's he it right says there. to her, 
Hold on. How can I do this? Please do it. Pick an accent. Any I'm, I'm accent. fucking trying. Spin the fucking wheel, guys. <laughs> I'd like to walk you home, Brenda. That was more Scottish than he was. It, 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 was, it was. It was. So, so yes, you have, but you have to go back. He's like, he comes in. She's freaking out because she's like, it, obviously, she's the smartest person, her character, in this whole movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? The smartest person. And she's thinking about the implication that there is like, and, and not even the fact that she knows that he's immortal yet. That's later in the movie she puts that together. Her whole life is swords, which is, that's a weird life for someone to have. But she's like putting out like, everything I've ever known about Japanese swords is off by like 1500 years which apparently is enough to get you down mm-hmm. and then this she's guy comes in and she's and he's like have you been to the garden lately and she's like and the fucking you wrestling say? paper the wrestling is still on the tv yeah in the bar yeah yeah and then she gets up in his face like she doesn't she's not shy she's like what the fuck did you say <laughs> and he's like i said have you been to the garden lately she's like have you been following me and he does not deny it he's like oh yeah i've been following you can I walk you home? Yeah. We teach our daughters to, to fucking mace people for shit like oh that. Oh my god, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. holy shit. I did not realize that this is going to have to be when my daughter gets old enough. I'm like, alright, sit down. Lesson <laughs> watch time. This watch movie. this ten minutes of the Highlander. Here's what not to do. Sit with your back turned to an entire bar. Engage with the rapey guy at the bar. Then let him continue to speak. And then you choose to fucking follow him. <laughs> it's a series of bad decisions that ultimately culminate with getting your titty shoot on. <laughs> and there's not a lot of time that that passes between I'm going to probably stalk you and maybe rape you to I'm chewing on your titties. Yes. That's like 48 hours. That is a weird length of time to be completely open and honest with, like, (laughs) fucking somebody because of a sword. The thing that seals the deal for her is stabbing it. She's like, and he's like, "Uh, you see? And she's like, chew on it. (laughs) (laughs) My my note that I had on that note is that you stab me, now I'm going to stab you. Oh, man. <laughs> with the dick, <laughs> so it, was good. His, it was with his penis. It was his own claymore. I can't believe she went for it. It's, it's the, the, the motive. That, see, the, but the whole thing about this movie to me that that drove me crazy with the, with the story and the plot and everything was just the motivation of things just didn't like make any sense. There was like almost no motivation for anything to happen. There's no motivation for a woman who's got a a background in like fucking working with swords to put that on a resume and get a job as a forensic scientist for a police department. Like I just don't see how that like translates. If she like her cover story of her working for the museum would have made much more fucking sense. They're like, hey, we found these fragments. Can you take a look at them? Because you're this person who works at a museum. Yeah. And like, let us know what you find. I would have made so much more sense I, than just shoehorning her into the police department where the cops are horrible people. Oh my god! Oh, they're so, terrible so cops. Terrible. And I want to cover the cops specifically how that police department looks in a, in a second. But I need I need uh, to you to repeat that word you said twice in a row. Where, where does she say she works at? Uh, the museum. <laughs> You're like museum. <laughs> Shazam museum. <laughs> I'm sorry. But could you say it three times in a row for me? Museum. 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 
I didn't know I fucking needed that in my life. <laughs> okay. You can tell where Noah and I have never gone together. <laughs> Apparently. Apparently. I would love to go on a nice afternoon date to the museum. Let's just go to the museum. To the museum. <laughs> museum. <laughs> Anyway, the police, police precinct, highest ceilings I've ever seen in a fucking building in my entire life. It's like they had the same set and they just decorated it and they're like, I don't know, fucking throw a microscope in the middle of this room with a computer. It's a forensics lab. Right. Ah, oh, fucking amazing. And all those cops, I mean, even like in the beginning with like, you're introduced, the first thing you hear is, God damn it, Frank. And it's like, that's so fucking 80s, it's ridiculous. And at, at, at almost every single one of those cops is like their last fucking day before retirement. Yeah, pretty fucking every Except for the one beat cop who's like, are you sure you weren't down there just to blow them? And the deal went south. Jesus oh, yeah. Christ. Uh, no, that's some a, weird oh, homophobia. Yes. Let's get movie. into the let's get into the it didn't age well part of the 80s movie <laughs> here. Gentlemen, we start with homophobia. Yeah, it's it's in there. And our baby face seems to handle it well. And I'm like, okay. Like he takes it right on the chin, no pun intended. <laughs> and then and then the the cop doubles down on being homophobic. And then of course our masculine 80s action hero has to ha- get upset about it. And then he beats all but one cop up, in which everyone else in the police station was apparently watching this interrogation happen, yeah, and then fucking marks out. out for it. Well, because yeah. I think the cops, the, the one who was, in my opinion, projecting his fucking uh, deep, oh, oh, yeah. He, there's no way he fucking wasn't. No. Uh, I think it was Officer Garfield, I think is his name. He's a piece of shit, obviously. He is a way big piece and, of shit. And, and that whole scene was so... I remember being a kid watching that going... Not that it was uncomfortable. like I, It was just like... Uh, it's such an odd... Again, it's just a weird... It didn't need to happen. And it, even more so now, you look back and go... That serves zero purpose Mm-mm. for a cop who's not in the movie the rest of the time. Really. Yep. He's, he, he, that's his last scene. Yeah. Get punked out by... Christopher Lambert. Lambert? Lambier. Lambier? Lambier. Fuck. Lambert. Well, there's sexual harassment at the beginning of the movie when she shows up in the crime scene. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah! Oh, yeah. Where, yeah. Where they just, they just lay you that on her. You look real good, Brenda. Like, How you doing? Holy shit! Yeah. And then you've got the, the homophobic stuff. Not to mention that he fucking Connor punches 17 cops <laughs> doesn't right get in the shot. face. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't get shot. Doesn't go to jail. Doesn't get, doesn't get any charges like pressed against them. Nope. You know? Now that, and then later on, there's the one line that I had to write down where, like, the it was a uh, after they brought Sean Connery in, they flash back to today, they're in the police station, and the guy's like, ah, some Vietnamese neighbor ate his dog, or like yeah. said, some fucking and line. There's like your that. Racism. And there's racism. And I'm like, there's, I'm like, well, there's cultural pr- inappropriation number three going on here. Mm, so, mm, mm. Um, and I was like, and my thing here is this well, it was the 80s after all. They yep. just didn't fucking the care. The decade we were born. The wow. goddamn 80s and the masterful wonderfulness that's also just like every chance he gets, he's misogynistic to every single woman in this movie. It's like, oh, goddamn it, woman, I told you to get back in the house. And then he's like, I saved your life as a kid. Which, by the way, we have to talk about the Nazi thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's actually, to me, like the most intriguing part of the movie. Fascinating. The idea of maybe the Highlander being around in, you know, the World War II. Like, okay, so if you're going to remake it, like, flesh that shit out, right? And the fact that, you know, and, and put him put him there in the Holocaust or something like that and tell, tell some good stories. When they shoot him in the back, did anyone else see the squib go off and, like, look like the little girl got yeah, shot? It, yeah. Uh, yeah. It bothered the hell out of me, and then she no-sells it. She's like... <laughs> Hi, why are you alive? He's like, magic powers. <laughs> reasons. <laughs> reasons. Fucking reasons. So, yeah, so we get misogyny, we get racism and homophobia in this movie. Yeah, casually. Cat, super casually. Just, just rolls right off the tongue, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so let's get, let's get to, the, to, the, to the meat and potatoes here, though. 
the sword fighting. Yeah. The idea. For all the problems we're picking about this movie. It's got to, it's a movie where fucking immortal people cut each other's head <laughs> off the sword. That's, the, that's, that's what, what you're at. fucking here for. And the last fight gives it to oh, us. Oh my goodness. It does. It delivers. Uh, every other fight is like, ah, it's all right. Uh, Castigar and uh, Kurgan was, ah, it was, it was what it was. It served a, we had to, I don't know if you guys caught this. I, and I got a kick out of it. Like, the dude who. The 80s action dude? You mean like. Like, not Frank Castle, but Frank yeah, Castle. The military guy. As yeah. in how yeah. most of the conservative people on your Facebook oh see themselves. Oh, my God. I, yes. Right? Yes. Like, they see themselves. Yes. Yes. How many people that I drove by their house today that have a Let's Go Brandon sign uh, in their front yard picture themselves fantasizing to be that fucking guy? And that's 100% what I'm I'm thinking, watching yeah. going, this is... This is like at least 16 different people I know. Yes. This is how they view themselves. That's the guy who who stormed DC. Yes. Honestly. Yes. He's a shaman uh, in QAnon. Not to that be guy. that guy. Yeah, you know, but I don't give a fuck. Oh, but, fuck uh, you yeah. guys. Yeah. If, um, if you if that was the thing that we're saying, <laughs> that, I'm, you know, like, I'm like, I'm fuck out. you. Get out of here. Go. <laughs> I give a shit. Um, but yeah, all the other fights. Get were vaccinated. Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, please do. Uh, all the fights were like they were what they were, but man, the final fight. Hmm. Even though it started sloppy on the rooftop, it man, the money shots when they fall through the window and they fucking I can tell you right now. Let's go wide with it, yeah. Of I eventually owned that movie on VHS. Mm-hmm. I eventually got it when I was able to get VCR in my room. Uh and th- that's probably the scene I watched the most. I would just watch it again. I would rewind it and watch it again cuz it was just so well done mm-hmm. and the music was yeah. so good. The only yeah, the critique great. the only critique that I had is when they went through the glass, I was kind of hoping some of the water was mm. going to like kind of water yeah. fall down too while that was happening. But I mean that is a minor critique cuz I mean it was Technically, the best fight scene they put together. Easy. And it was fucking shot beautifully. Oh, yeah. That whole silhouette thing that they did again, too, mm-hmm. with the backlighting and everything yeah. to have them fight like that, I just thought it added so much to that scene. Well, it's to the point where, like, even the Highlander TV series, which I remember <laughs> nothing except for the intro of the Highlander TV series, probably because it was on USA Network and played all the time with Raw and stuff, uh, was basically they just reshot the ending of Highlander with the big windows and, mm-hmm. and the silhouette. So it's fucking killer. Like, and they had to get the front, the front of that fight scene has to be weird because they still had some random sparks budget to spend on random lighting. Right. How, is, how is the water not electrified when the water tower fell over and they're standing up to their knees in water and all the electricity is falling from the sign into the water? Like, they're not getting electrocuted. She's not getting electrocuted. They're like, we'll, no fall, getting we'll fall through the... Skylights, but zero water is going to come with us. Listen, they ran out of budget. It's just bizarre. They ran out of money, but they they what they spent they spent well. Mm. Damn it, on tasteful, tasteful nudity. So, the 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 fight scene ha- ends, I and mean, this is the thing I'm going to bring up because even as a child, even as a preteen watching this, movie, this fuck with you. This is the thing that like stayed with me. Yeah, it made zero fucking sense. Right, so. Connor takes dude's head. Badass fight. It was really cool. Everything was comp- everything was composed well. His head lops off. Kurgan knew he was done for too. Which That's is, the I, best part. I didn't. I didn't realize. I picked that up until this yep. viewing yeah. that Kurgan yep. knew he was done, and he was actually happy about it. Yeah. Was well, like, did oh, you right. see too? Like his eyes changed. Yep. Yeah. Like at that. That's they the thing that I black. did. They turned black. Like it just. Yeah. It was over. Mm-hmm. You know. And yeah. he was ready for it. Yeah. Yeah. That it is nice funny. Touch. I never noticed it until this last viewing as as a grown ass man with, you know. 15, 20 years of life experiences <laughs> to realize that dude's accepted his death. Yeah. <laughs> that all that says about me. But uh, 
But what stayed with me now, then, and still does, and it still makes no sense to me, he takes his head, the body's still kind of moving and posing, which is, okay, fine. Gets ready for another you sure. know, action yeah. shot again. But then, like, as the quickening is happening, the the most quickening of quickenings is happening. Yeah. The quickest thing. The, quick, the quickest of quickenings. Now, quickenings. they have medications that they can sell today that can make the quickening a little bit not so quick. Yeah, you know. Yeah. They were like, what the fuck were, were those demons? What the fuck were those? Like, chomping at his body and, like, swirling around? They I didn't look as, friendly to me. As every, and, of yeah. all the Highlanders that have ever, you know, that have ever existed before. Because I think, just what you canonically explained to yourself in the beginning of the fucking action sequence, just as the Freebirds were getting their heat, by the way, <laughs> yeah. that he gets up and leaves, uh, that he could feel the the backflipping limo guy. Yeah. I kind of looked at it as the, the, the reason why the Kurgan was left standing. And you see the silhouette of a head around him is because there was so much power in the Kurgan, who's basically killed 70% of all Highlanders that ever exist, well, is that that's like the souls of the of, of what we would know. Spoiler, the aliens that they oh, are. Look, so I'm not but, calling the question that. It's the it's everything after that. It's the weird fucking demonic that's creatures. That's what I'm saying, yeah. yeah. What, like, okay, so that, know. you know what that tells me? If we view this movie in a vacuum and there was never a sequel after this, then uh, his girlfriend in 1536 Scotland was right. Yeah. And that shit was fucking demonic and, and devil Lucifer or something because what I saw interacting with him didn't look friendly. Yeah, it didn't look like good things were going to happen there. No, it looked like in Ghostbusters when they let all the ghosts out of the containment yeah. unit. It was weird as shit. It's it, still weird. It looked to me like they got the guy who drew the dark crystal. All the effects on Dark Crystal to do that one season. I was, was going to say Fievel goes west. Excuse me. It is oh, very, very kind of a like an American film. tale thing going yeah. on there. Yeah, for sure. But but then well, the thing that fucked with me was not that. I'm sorry. I thought, is the, the dialogue he yells? I hear everything. I am everything. I feel everything. Like listen, we've we've all experimented with certain things in our lives and sometimes you can turn there are certain things you can take that I do not recommend to turn every part of your body into the tip of your penis and so when you use that to cut off the Kurgan's head you can feel everything and it does happen quite quick inning but I, I always I'm like what does he mean like what does he mean and then then he uses this to take a leisurely drive back to Scotland well, where he's going to grow up I think I think what we're missing here is that that's actually a, a tie back to when Candy was in his room because when she was penetrating his asshole with the hilt of the sword he was saying the same thing <laughs> I, I can't feel, feel everything, everything. <laughs> yeah. I can hear everything well I assume that I hear everything feel everything is the he can read men's that's thoughts. the prize it's yeah. the prize yeah but it's always but like that's a weird way to say it in the middle of yeah, of, of, of the biggest orgasm in history. Charles oh, Xavier never fucking did that in Cerebro. No. <laughs> no, he didn't. No. He, he, he marched that shit back. Do we think prior to the limo driver that Connor had killed any other? That's what I was wondering. Mm. Yeah. Because he doesn't seem to have a lot of... Because he, he doesn't seem prepared for what happens in either case. Do, can you imagine Kurgan winning that fight and then like he's expecting the ultimate prize? <laughs> and because <laughs> Connor's only killed one guy, it's like... <laughs> like a little squirt of beginning. But he can do backflips. That's now. it. Yeah. Uh. No, you just actually kind of going back to what you said with <laughs> Professor X. How many times do you think Professor X masturbated in Cerebro? In Cerebro? Well, he had it on. Oh. Honestly? Yeah. I mean, I mean, 
first of all, he, he can, can see everything. He may he not even have feeling down there, but he can make himself probably go pretty good by that. Then he's, oh, yeah. He doesn't even have to use his hands. Well, so no, he doesn't. Man. Now, so, now, I'm it's gonna, like a stranger. Does it feel like a stranger or does it feel extra personal? You got to understand that with him being connected to every known person on the planet with Cerebro, his stranger can actually be him masturbating somebody, self off, somebody else off while he's connected to it. There's a lot of sexual like con- he could like he there. could have found you Noah when you're like 21 years old like in the middle of a seven hour shift at Toys R Us where you just had to go to the back room for no fucking reason yeah. and then just you just lose all control and you just like wake up and your pants are down <laughs> and you have no fucking clue what happened but you feel oddly relaxed. That, could you imagine trying to explain that in a human resources write up? <laughs> so. I don't know how to explain it, but I feel like a guy in a wheelchair was having sex with me <laughs> from very far away. <laughs> Next time my wife gets mad at me, I'm going to use that as an excuse. Honey, what was, the, what was the trash taken out? Have you ever felt the sensation that Patrick Stewart was having sex with you? <laughs> Oh that, okay, God. so that would be the next question. If it was going to be Patrick, if it was going to be Charles Xavier having sex with you, would you want it to be Patrick Stewart or James McAvoy? Oh, that's a that's a different question. You know what? <laughs> that could be a whole topic. Tune in next week as we discuss that's who's the most fuckable that. Professor X. <laughs> Or is it the animated cartoon? I was going to say, at that point, I, 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 I feel like he'd be in like mid-final stroke just before, you know, you're about to, about to go full X-Men gold team on you. And then he stops. And you're like, what's wrong? And he's like, my watch. <laughs> <laughs> it's been magnetized. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if you don't get that joke, you need to get out uh, Get the fuck out of Get out there. Uh, so the uh, Highlander, though, uh, what do you think, Jeff? What do you think the lasting cultural impact of the Highlander? <laughs> uh, well, uh, it, it led to a lot of people chewing on a lot of nipples. Ah. I'll tell you that. Mm. Uh, no, I think you know it, it's definitely a cult classic. It, it was not really considered a commercial success when it came out. Uh, I think it was. It cost nineteen million to make, and it made twelve or thirteen, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, so they lost money on it uh, for sure. But I think you know it's one of those movies that guys like us 10 years after the fact are ranting and raving about it and now 20 years later having a podcast about it 36 years later (laughs) 20 years it's it's a long time um but yeah i think there's there's definitely a place for it and it it spun a lot of things from it there were uh a number of films there was a number of tv shows both animated and not uh Mm -hmm. wait a minute there was a Highlander of the animated series. You there didn't was. know that? Yeah. Get the fuck out. There's an animated movie and an animated series. There's an anime. Yeah. And then there is like a kid's cartoon. <laughs> he doesn't know what to do. I've never you seen that. No because I'm telling you something. Yeah, I'm going to go an ahead. Anime and make is it. not terrible, yeah. but the kid's cartoon is shit. The, yeah. So so it's not just the it's not it's like the 90s animated cartoon style. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Oh my god. I, I didn't know I fucking needed I'm something in my life so bad. Highlander yeah. the animated series? Yeah. yeah. Uh, How did I miss that shit? All right. Dear, dear listeners, very lucky. Noah is quickening right now. <laughs> I'm going to have multiple quickenings stacked on top of each other. Uh, but yeah. So but yeah, I think, you know, when I saw it, when I watched it recently compared to when I watched it years ago, I think my expectations were higher. <laughs> and they definitely did not meet my expectations at this point in life but it's still a fun movie i mean it's it's one of those things where it's so good it's bad or it's so bad it's good and depending on the day it could be either of those 
Oh, guys. So no one's just learning and seeing what this bullshit show looks oh, like. Man. It was not good. It's, it's <laughs> I a, watched this shit. It's it's like it's like Mortal Kombat, the animated yeah, series yeah. level of stuff. It's yeah. probably the same Which is company. so bad that it's incredible for, for all the wrong reasons. Like, oh my god. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to go down that dark no, web no, rabbit hole. Noah is swiping on the pictures of this like he's on his fucking Tinder account. There he is. I, you know what? I am kind of upset at myself that I met my wife just before the advent of app dating and all that <laughs> stuff because I could have so many more sexually transmitted diseases. <laughs> just just based off of this motion I'm doing right here. They made fucking toys for Highland and the Oh, I'm going to eBay. It's going to be a day. But uh, Mac, what do you think? What do you think about the lasting uh, legacy of the first Highlander movie is? You know, um, there could be only one. I mean, look at you. That... Yeah. That quote. That's it. Yeah. Right there. Good I point. mean, and every, everybody knows it. Everybody knows that quote. Yep. My wife wasn't convinced that that's what this was from. Yeah. She's like, I've heard that's that. I've, I've heard this before. It can't be from this movie. I'm like, it's from this it fucking movie. Is. So someone else was to use it. Yeah, if they did, they were stealing from this fucking movie. <laughs> that yeah. could be only one. Um, my, my, my takeaway from this is that um, this movie, I know we've had sequels and they've had series and everything else. And I and I am not a fan of remakes. I've yeah. I've never been a fan of remakes. You know, if you're gonna do something that's very similar to something, just fucking tweak your own shit just enough so it's something slightly different. The Lowlander. But yeah, but remake this. I think this move. I think this concept with the right writer and the right director and the right cast, you can make this movie. Because again, we say sometimes it's so bad it's good. Sometimes it's so good it's bad. And, you know, when the movie doesn't take itself seriously, that's when you can really enjoy it. Like, fucking, um, in the end of the movie, when um, when Kurgan kidnaps the fucking old lady out of the car yes. and rips the lid off of it, and he's got the, 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 the clothespins holding his, his neck on for no yeah. fucking reason, because they weren't there earlier. No. Right. Um, and he's just going, ah! Like, yeah, it's too bad you would get a camera on that one, because oh, that would be the YouTube channel. <laughs> Um, but it was so fucking outlandish, but it was great. You know, I think like the movie, like kind of hits a stride there at that point, but you could take it now because it's such a beloved property. So many people do have, you know, knowledge of it and everything. And I think you can make something really fucking good if just by flushing out the story a little bit more. Um, that's my kind of takeaway from this is that fucking give me a, a Highlander 2025 movie. See, I they I remember hearing when they remade Bloodsport, which I don't know if anyone remembers that they remade Bloodsport. No, they did. Bloodsport never should have been remade. Yeah. Oh. Batista's Tong Po. Really? Yeah. So, okay. uh, and that they were going to do Highlander. I, my only problem with them remaking Highlander is I don't want that movie set today. I don't want people with their camera phones out taking. I want this movie set in the '80s. It's got to be. Use the original soundtrack and that fucking trench coat. But you're right about Act Three of this movie. Because Act 3 has the old lady, the old man getting tossed down, him with that. It's got the nipple chopping, and it's got that entire fight scene at the yeah. end. It's, like the, it's, it's so good. It's so good. Doc, the lasting cultural so, impact. I want to just throw out there that uh, and I remember reading this, and I will. Some entertainment announced that it bought the film rights to Highlander. Uh, in 2008 uh, and it, as of May 2020 uh, the filming for the remake had not yet begun but in 2021 uh, May of 2021 it was uh, revealed that Henry Cavill would be the titular, char titular character Superman uh, but we don't know who the character would be I'm sure it wouldn't be a McCloud but 
so we got something coming our way. When that happens, who knows? Might stay in developmental hell. May not even get off the ground. But uh, we may yet get a new Highlander film. But I agree with Mac. I think it would be great to have like an actual remake because there's a lot of meat on the bone that was not fleshed out properly. Um, <clears throat> but as far as... And I said earlier in the very beginning, this movie means a lot to me because it... it started my love of of swords blades uh and just i think it's just cool man like there's nothing cooler than you know a katana to me yeah you know no idea that. you know i mean bullets are far more deadly but they you know blades don't run out of bullets they won't jam no you know um but i think the movie is spectacular in its ridiculousness and that it is uh when it, it does i think take itself seriously often sometimes to its detriment but i kind of dig that it does uh i said that to my wife we're watching it and she's just like so like i would say baffled at the ridiculousness of it but she's just like this is this isn't very good and i'm like oh it's highlander like it's it's its own it's its own thing it's it's yeah. like, it literally is its own genre i said this yeah. is yeah. a movie about immortals cutting each other's heads off fighting for power to take over the world it, it's ridiculous sounding <laughs> and here's the best part this is the best Highlander movie. Yeah, easily. There are every <laughs> other this movie isn't technically good, and they get way worse. Yeah, um, yeah. but yeah, at the end of the day, uh, this movie is in my in my guilty pleasure list of films. It is in the in the top five, five easily, uh, and I'm glad. I'm happy actually that we got a chance to talk about it and relive it because it gave me an excuse to watch it again, and I will watch it again at some point before I'm. Before I'm 50, most likely. <laughs> yeah, Jones, I want to echo that because, I mean, I, in, in the grand scheme of movie watching, there are a lot of things I, I would like to see and still need to watch and everything. Highlander would not have really been on that list, but this gave me an opportunity to go back and watch it again yeah. uh, and, and appreciate it for what it is. Uh -huh. uh, and, you know, enjoy the good and, you know, scoff a little bit at the not so good, but I'm happy I had a chance to rewatch it. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, I uh, I want to echo what everyone said. First of all, you're right. This movie did make swords cool for kids that grew up in an era where GI Joe was guns and everybody, and any of the really, with the exception of Snake Eyes, everyone that was good, yeah, had 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 a sword. Got an idea. Go ahead. Yes. So uh, that that was super cool, and that was the beat. There can be only one. Is like the most quotable thing from this movie and almost any of those cheesy '80s action movies. But I want to say the probably the most lasting impact of this movie is really. What it taught me about myself and um, how much fucking just straight snacking on titties <laughs> <laughs> that I have not done yet. So, you know, I wanna, <laughs> my wife watched this. When, when they got to the I, 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 I hyped up three things about this movie to my wife before. Because I'm like, one, it's the accents. They're completely all over the place and it's shit and you're going to you're going to hate it. Two, there's a lot of titties in this movie, and it's awesome. And three, swords. I was, like, right about one and a half of this. <laughs> but whenever, like, like she stabs him, and then he's, uh, she gets down, and she's crying. Yeah. And then he, she's looking at him, puts a hand on his face, and he looks up at her. He's like, we fucking. <laughs> and I, don't know, I was like, yes! That is the weirdest fucking foreplay mm, ever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, my wife though probably got an idea she's like if I just stab him <laughs> That'll do worst it. case scenario I gotta have sex with him after I mean best case scenario hey <laughs> no but uh, no, I looked at her and she, she looked at me she's like shaking her head I'm like there's a titty there's one titty <laughs> yeah. you got like a, a part of Heather's tit 
earlier in the movie, like yeah. like just like uh, uh, oh, and then a just horse stick that's yeah, right exactly. over top of the yeah. thing. But we there's there was one just standalone. A, just a little, tape. just a little peek, you know, so, just yeah. enough, just enough. What were you gonna say? So we'd redo Highlander, right? Yeah. Okay. Now I haven't watched the other movies or anything, or if I did, I don't remember them very oh, well. You, you sweet child of summer. I know. I, I you know what? I got something to look forward to. Yes. Right. Um, in a manner of speaking, um, but when he burns the house down. When she dies, yeah. he leaves his fucking sword in the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in her grave. Does anybody ever go in the other movies or anything and get that fucking sword? He goes back to the Highlands in Highlander 3 and I think Highlander 4, but I don't think he gets that no, sword. There's your fucking movie for your Highlander remake. There it is. Somebody too. comes across the fucking sword and like reawakens the Highlanders around the world and they all have to start fucking coming at each other. Oh, Dave. Dave, sweet, gentle, succulent Dave. Uh, how they explain bringing back more Highlanders is way fucking worse than that. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna, I've decided right here and now, and I need to make a pledge, not to ourselves, but to you, dear, sweet, sexual, sexual listeners. We now have to do the rest of the Highlander movies. We have, because, and here's the thing, Highlander 2 is the most ridiculous thing that you've ever seen and like a premise of a movie. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say, it's not the worst Highlander movie. So we have a journey to take together. And speaking of journeys, we want to thank you for coming along on this journey with us, dear, sweet, sexual, consensual listener. And continue this journey because next week, guys... We got something fucking cool in a pump line. Uh, Jafar, why don't, you, why don't you tell everyone what's next week? Yeah, next week we are covering one of the uh, greatest and most influential console games of all time, GoldenEye 64. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> James Bond action. Yes. Uh, con- easily considered one of the greatest Nintendo 64 games and on a lot of lists of greatest games of easily. all time. Uh, so we're excited to... We got some... Got to spend some time playing it uh, recently and looking forward to talking about it for sure. Oh, yeah. And we want to thank everybody. We got some cool stuff coming up down a pipeline. Oh, yeah. Please, if you get a chance, and if you think, speaking of pipeline, <coughs> and you want to help either of our pipelines, uh, any of our pipelines, grow, mature, come to fruition, then a great way to do that and show your support is to go to us on social media. Check it out. Normally, here's where I would put a shitty outro, but there'll be a new shitty outro after Ooh. GoldenEye, right? So we just want to tell you, we got merch. Doc right now is wearing the Masters of the Universe. Speaking of shitty 80s things that we adore because they're still fucking awesome. Yes. Can't <laughs> Masters of the Universe is like peak iconic and you can have a piece of that. And we're going to be adding new shit all the time. So, gentlemen, I had fun talking I, about Highlander. That's absolutely yeah, man. awesome. It's good. We actually kept it under seven days. So, it's, it's pretty good. Yeah. It's a, it's a start. Back in person. Yeah. You know what? Let's do next week in person. Too. I think we can do that. Sounds good. All right. We'll see everybody around out there.